Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, May 5th. On this date in 1925, schoolteacher John Scopes was charged in Tennessee with violating a state law that prohibited the teaching of the theory of evolution. He was found guilty, but the conviction would later be set aside. And on this date in 2014, the Supreme Court upheld Christian prayers at the start of local council meetings. And here's a little trivia for you. On this date in 1961, an American astronaut became the first space traveler as he made a 15-minute suborbital flight. Can you name that famous astronaut? I'll tell you in just a few minutes. But first, let's check in at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to see what you can expect in your Friday and weekend forecast. And good Friday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovine. Clouds in the increase this morning. Temperatures starting out in the 50s and 60s. Not quite as chilly as the past couple of mornings. Mid-70s at lunchtime, mid-upper 70s this afternoon. There could be one or two spotty showers if you have afternoon or evening plans. I think we're just going to be mainly cloudy out there. Now over the weekend, back and forth with some clouds. 70s on Saturday, low 80s on Sunday. There could be one or two showers most of this weekend does look dry next week. Hotter temperatures near 90 with a chance of a couple of storms Monday through Wednesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, it's been more than two years since a gunman opened fire at the Northwoods Mall and injured three people. Two of those victims are now suing the mall, its owner, the mall's manager, and the security company. They claim their injuries could have been prevented, saying there wasn't proper security at the mall and dangerous people were not removed from the property. One of those lawsuits lists hundreds of crimes committed at the mall in the years prior to the shooting. They argue the defendant should have noticed trends and issues at the mall and addressed them. It's about as foreseeable as it could be, but to the general public, um, I don't think they would know this right off the bat because I think Northwoods Mall looks like a very pleasant, you know, normal mall. But, but the truth is, is that it's a hotbed and has been a hotbed of criminal activity for a long time. The victims want the jury to determine the damages they're owed from medical bills and legal fees. A 43-year-old from Sumter County has been sentenced to 18 years behind bars after he pleaded guilty to killing a Dorchester County teacher. Investigators say in March of 2018, Zamal Rivera hit a 71-year-old Dorchester County teacher head-on while driving in the opposite direction on Highway 178. Officers tested Rivera's blood alcohol level five hours after the incident, and it came back as .092, which is above the legal limit. Rivera pleaded guilty to a DUI resulting in death. He had previously been convicted of multiple DUIs in 2010 through 2012 and in 2016. Take a look at your screen. We first showed you 23-year-old Logan Shoning this Tuesday after Charleston police said he was reported missing by his family. He was last seen April the 27th. Now detectives have since located Shoning's car and they believe he might be in the Savannah, Georgia area. If anyone has information about his whereabouts, you're asked to contact Charleston police. That number is listed on your screen. The attorneys representing convicted killer Alec Murdoch are asking for access to his money. Murdoch was convicted of killing his wife and son back in March and is currently serving two life sentences. His attorneys argue they need $160,000 to help fund appeals for those convictions. 
Right now, that money is in the hands of a receivership and was set to go to victims of his of his alleged financial crimes. Murdoch's attorneys argue he has a Sixth Amendment right to counsel and they have made a reasonable request for fees. Attorneys for the receivers are arguing that the money to Murdoch goes against the role of a receivership and puts him above the victims. The judge says he'll make a decision by May 12th. In an attempt to address the need for additional student housing near the College of Charleston, the city of Charleston is considering plans for more student housing units near campus. Yes, Molly McBride tells us more about how they plan to address this issue. City of Charleston officials tell me a lot of College of Charleston students end up living off campus because there's, quote, obviously not enough on-campus housing to support their student population. We can bring more student housing closer to campus that will bring students out of the neighborhoods, which is always a livability concern, um, and provide opportunities for those students to be able to live, walk to campus, walk to those uh, college experiences. The city of Charleston's director of planning, preservation and sustainability, Robert Summerfield, says sometimes students live as far as West Ashley or the Upper Peninsula. And because Charleston does not have a robust transportation system, that means students are driving to and from town causing traffic. According to the College of Charleston, they have about 9,900 undergraduate students and 3,000 average total beds on campus. This project, although in its very early stages, provides two buildings of dorm-style units for students. They're set to be in between Cummings Street and St. Philip Street, about a block back from Calhoun Street. Summerfield says the plan also includes a supportive environment around the dorm-style buildings including things like recreation space or additional classrooms. So students aren't necessarily needing to go into the neighborhoods or uh, trek very far away from where they're, they're living. Summerfield said yesterday was the first step in what he expects a very long road ahead. Of course, we'll have more information about the project once they get further along in the process. Reporting in downtown Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Now, we did reach out to the College of Charleston, who provided us a statement, which reads in part, the college is always evaluating opportunities to provide on-campus housing options for students. We are currently working with state government to solicit public bids to meet our student housing needs. After failing multiple state inspections, the Bees Ferry Landfill has now passed its most recent inspection. Over the past year, the Bees Ferry Landfill failed inspections for controlling litter, applying soil cover, and for compactors being down. That's now changed after the landfill came under new management. Thomas Q was hired back in February. He says addressing the litter and soil cover was key in making improvements. He says they've started using a blend of fibers and water called posi shell to properly cover the trash. Q says while they have made improvements, they still have work to do. Everything that D. Heck had written us up for, they were all legitimate. There was no fiction. It was all truth. And uh, we needed to address every bit of it. Uh, I believe we have. Uh, it's an ongoing process, but we are uh, moving forward. And uh, like you said, we did pass our last inspection. Yay. And uh, we, we plan on passing the rest of them, too. One person who lives close to the landfill says he has started seeing less debris and birds in the last few months in that area. 
The city of Charleston has taken the next steps in its goal to reduce its carbon footprint. The city unveiled two new electric vehicles yesterday. The two vehicles will be used by the city's mail carrier and planning department. Charleston Mayor John Tecklenburg says the electric cars are cheaper to maintain long term compared to gas. Now, Tecklenburg says these two cars are just the first step in the city's plan to reduce a carbon footprint by 2030. Everything in our fleet that we reasonably can convert, we'll start doing. Uh, I'll admit to you that the pricing differential has been a factor uh, to get started, but, but those prices are starting to equalize to where it really makes sense in the long run to go ahead and try to make that switch over to electric vehicles. The city says they also plan to double the number of charging stations by the end of the year. Charleston County employees are set to get a raise this year. The county says prices for about everything have gone up, so they want to help employees with those extra costs. However, they also say the raises won't stop there. They have plans to ask for more money in next year's budget to fund more raises for employees. That proposal will need approval from the county council. To pay for the raises, the county says they will not be raising taxes, but rather using money from a lapse in salaries and full-time employee positions that have not been filled. Ken is almost here, and if you're looking for a new twist on a food festival, there's a special type of barbecue this weekend, and it might save a few animals in the process. Interesting. Yes. Alicia Wimberly is live from Mount Pleasant this morning. Alicia, tell us about what's happening tomorrow and what's different about the tasty food at this festival. Good, Good morning. morning. Yeah, good morning, Katie and Aisha. Well, if you're looking for saucy ribs or big, juicy hamburgers, you might just find it here this weekend, only without the meat. That's because tomorrow this place is going to be filled with vendors and food for the first ever vegan festival. Now, this place looks like, what can you expect? Let's start there. You're going to find all kinds of local vendors that you may not have seen before. Everything from Mabel Mays Bakery to Mama Sita's Cloth Diaper Service. The organizer, Vanessa Farmanick, says the whole point of the fest is to bring together the vegan community in one location to share products that might be more difficult to find in everyday grocery stores. She says they're expecting about 500 people to attend with more than 30 vendors coming together here at Palmetto Islands County Park. And she's saying it's going to be an amazing experience. We are so excited. This is one of um, the events that we've been waiting for. Uh, the vegan community is so excited. We've had actually three vegan markets before in Charleston, and then we decided to do a festival. Why not? Because Savannah has one, Columbia has one, and now it's the time for Charleston. Now, just a reminder, if you want to attend the festival, you will need to purchase your tickets in advance. They will not be selling them at the door. Now, tickets are $5 to get in and $2 to park. And doors open tomorrow at 10 a.m. Reporting live in Mount Pleasant, Alicia Wimberly, Live 5 News. So at the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date back in 1961, an American astronaut became America's first space traveler. That was Alan Shepard, who made a 15-minute suborbital flight aboard the Mercury Capsule Freedom 7. Celebrating birthdays this Friday, rock correspondent Kurt Loder is 78, broadcast journalist Brian Williams is 64, and singer Adele is 35. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday.
Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.